Hi, John. Hey, Jenna. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while since we've had a chance to sit down and talk and yeah. record one of our podcasts. I miss you. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. It'll All right. Be fun. So we thought today, we've talked about feedback before, but we thought we'd give a little bit more structure to the feedback conversation today. And I lecture on feedback a lot, and I always find it very challenging because I think you could make a whole career, you could make a whole week seminar just based around feedback and all of the nuances and all of the factors that are at play when you think about giving residents feedback. And most people even just cringe at the word yes. feedback. Like um, I'm doing right now. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. I do. I understand. Mm-hmm. So, But our goal today is to really talk about feedback and a construct that you can take into your clinical environment tomorrow yeah. and implement. And I am happy to talk to anybody about all of the research and the theory behind all of these things. But really, we want to keep this very actionable for all of you. And so the method that we or the types of feedback that we really want to talk about today are three different types of feedback and or or coaching I guess and we talk about them as appreciative feedback you're doing a good job you did something well coaching feedback uh, let's do something a little bit differently and evaluative feedback which is how do you rank compared to everybody else and I find that oftentimes if I walk out into our clinical environment People are giving all of those types of feedback at all times, but maybe not always doing it in the most impactful way. Or they might be giving one type of feedback in the clinical environment when maybe it would be better in the office environment. And that's something that we can kind of talk about. So, John, if you can just kind of start us off a little bit and talk about what appreciative feedback even is. Well, first of all, let me just start by saying that all of this is difficult. In fact, I have, you know, I have trouble doing this on a on a on a daily, weekly basis. The appreciative feedback is it's actually pretty simple. It's it's the feedback that kind of motivates you. It's the kind of feedback that kind of energizes you. Like, hey, you did great on that procedure, or hey, you know, you 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 happen to sort of you know manage that family scenario very well. Um, it's easy. Um, it's concise, and it's timely and then it's done it's over and it probably gives the resident a little bit of like oh i did a great job and and it gives them a little bit of you know oomph and allows them to sort of do do more wonderful things you know on shift we like to give that feedback it's easy feedback to give and that's and that's good we want that feedback and then so there's appreciative feedback right. and then there's coaching feedback so how is coaching feedback different than appreciative feedback so coaching feedback and the way i think about it is just like it sounds it's giving the resident, uh, an example, a scenario, you know, based on all the experiences you have under your belt, that it's not simply like you did something right versus you did something wrong, right? You're, you're teaching them a process to understand emergency medicine v- via a process. Like, so in terms of coaching, you're basically right there in the scenario with them working through the problem together. Um, yeah. So I think of coaching as really here are the next steps to help you get and achieve a higher level of education or performance Mm -hmm. in this scenario. And often there's a constructive piece to that because if there wasn't, you'd be in appreciative feedback. So coaching is really just, if you've ever been involved in sports, right? Right. It's this is what we want to do tomorrow to be better than we were today or to be different or for something for you to consider as part of your practice. And then I think the last one, so we have appreciative, we have coaching, and then the last is evaluative feedback. Mm-hmm. And evaluative feedback is really 
what I think of as like a ranking or a comparison. Right. So we're out of the scrimmage and we are in the game. And I want to know how you as an individual stack up to all the other individuals and teams on the playing field. And it's really like a where do I stand thing. I think that mostly needs to reside in the office or needs to reside with leadership because I think it's very hard in a clinical setting uh, when you're really busy unless you've been involved in residency education for a long time I think it's really hard to know where does this PGY2 stand compared to all of their peers you probably have some idea uh, but I think that when residents get that kind of evaluative feedback in the moment we often try to give coaching feedback and we lace it with evaluative feedback and I think that that can be off-putting or very confusing to the residents and I think that as faculty because we've done this for so long we are constantly having the evaluative narrative in our head Mm -hmm. if we can pull back from that and really focus on what we saw and how to coach this person to the next level. Just that alone will improve the feedback dynamic right there. Yeah, totally agree. In fact, I think you run into a little bit of danger when you start comparing residents to other residents. Not that you do that intentionally, but sometimes that does happen in that. We want to make sure that the residents uh, feel comfortable and are able to grow in, in, in those sorts of experiences. So leaving the summative or evaluative piece apart from sort of that clinical bedside stuff is, it, 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 yes, it's difficult. Leave that for, for another time. Leave that for the email, leave that for the office. I also think it's important to know that learners or residents, you know, we're talking about residents, need all three types mm-hmm. of feedback. Like the, the appreciative, the coaching, and the evaluative piece are all very, very important. And if you don't have, there's been lots of case studies where when you don't have all three in a system, learners will start reading into coaching as evaluative feedback. And they'll start reading into coaching as appreciative feedback, or they'll read into appreciative as coaching. And so I think it's important, you know, either you as an individual get well-versed in all three, or you as an individual know what you're really comfortable doing and give it. So I know with our faculty, we have some that we've really coached who are very good at giving appreciative feedback, and they're the ones in our macro system that do that. I have other res- uh, other faculty that are really good at giving coaching feedback, and so we really focus on uh, honing their skills and how to give appropriate coaching feedback. And then here in the office, we really work on trying to do the evaluative piece because the interplay between all of them is critical to kind of moving learners forward mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. So I know what I see is the biggest downfall with appreciative feedback, but what do you, what do you think? What do you see? You know, just to sort of say at the end of a shift, like you did a great job. Thanks for your help today. Yeah, I mean, it's motivating. They're, the resident's probably happy with their performance, but it really doesn't mean anything more than that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's probably, like, if you're going to give appreciative feedback, you really need to make sure that it's not sort of end of shift, like, just wrapping stuff up with a bow. Having it after a family meeting or having it after a difficult procedure makes it probably a little bit better, you know? And, and again, there's nothing coaching about that. It's just the timeliness of it and the specificity that makes it, that makes it good feedback, so... I caught myself um, in this realm not being specific enough as well, and I and I lecture yeah. on this. And so, I had a, a resident the other day 
who did a really great job with the medical student. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the shift, I said, hey, you did a great job with the medical student. And I was like, oh, thanks, you know. But we know that we need to reinforce the positive. And so then I had to say, wait, no, let's go back a second. You did a really good job teaching when there was downtime. You seemed to manage your flow very well by sending the medical student into the room before you got in there. You uh, appropriately had the medical student checking in with the nurses. So I kind of had to like ratchet myself back. And while I was appreciative and the resident did do a great job with the medical student, I had to kind of retrain my own brain to say, well, what did you see that was so good about Mm -hmm, that? And mm -hmm. I think that you know, that resident's going to walk into the next shift of the medical student and think, okay, I know what went well. I'm going to do that again. Um, The biggest pitfall with appreciative feedback is that people aren't specific enough. So if you're one of those people that likes to give appreciative feedback, I love you and keep giving it. Just now try to make it very specific as to what you saw, what behavior you saw that you really liked that you want the learner to do again. All right. I would agree. Awesome. So, we're not going to talk about evaluative feedback because I think that's really for the office and we're talking about the clinical arena. So in coaching feedback, what do you think are the challenges here? It's important to understand that coaching feedback has to be timely, right? It can't occur a week later. I know you like to say this, but the coach needs to be on the flare, on the flare, on the field with the player or with the resident, right? So it needs to be, yes, specific, but timely. And then I think this is probably the point of all of this is that coaching feedback really needs to be actionable, right? Because if the resident is doing something incorrectly or could be doing something a different way that might lead to better outcomes, then we need to make sure that they have that framework in place. Like we need to make sure that that what we're telling them has an element of action to it. So the next time they know what to focus on as opposed to, hey, you did a great job. Next time do this. So I think that's probably one of the biggest pitfalls is that it's not timely and it it's not actionable it doesn't give them something to sort of take home and work on for next time yeah and I agree we're going to talk a little bit about how to beef up your coaching in a few weeks when we're going to talk about the rhyme framework right an example of not useful coaching but well-intended coaching is be more effective Efficient, mm-hmm. which in the emergency medicine world is the bane of my existence as a program director because I have no idea what that means. We so love to say it, though. We say it all the time, yeah. right? Residents like to work on efficiency. Right. And faculty in our CCC narrative evals like to say resident needs to be more efficient. I have no idea what that right. means. And so if we can give them more specifics, and it, this this to me is not hard. You just describe what you saw and what you would have rathered seen. So I saw you pick up 10 charts at once, and I think that that would be hard to be efficient with. So maybe next time, pick up one or two charts at a time, dispo those patients and move forward, and overall you'll be more efficient. And that, to me, allows me in the office to coach the resident a lot more. I think it gives them a lot more knowledge over what was maybe perceived as inefficiency than be more efficient. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what to do with that. You don't know what to do with no. that. That means something different to you than it means to me. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say that I do this all the time, and I catch myself saying that stuff, too. So it definitely takes a little bit of effort to retrain your brain to think a little bit differently. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, efficiency is tough, right? I mean, that's one of the biggest pitfalls is that you give something like that, that sort of a statement like, hey, be more efficient 
or read more or whatever it happens to be and and the clinical context is lost because the resident doesn't have the framework to be able to apply that and the whole purpose of this is to ask for you to be giving more feedback and be more comfortable doing so just think about specificity like what it is what actions you're observing how, how and and to to do so timely and and just make sure that that when you're doing something like just give them one thing to work on or two things to work on make sure that they know where to focus their efforts going forward. It doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be evaluative or anything. We can leave that aside for now. But, you know, if we can think about appreciative and coaching feedback and just give it a little bit more timeliness, specificity, specificity and action, then then what we're doing for our residents is 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 going to be good. And I think if you can walk into every clinical shift in the emergency department and think about, you know, where am I going to find some coaching feedback today? I try and do it early in my shift if I can find it because I know things get busy. The residents get over cognitively overwhelmed at the end of the shift. Oftentimes so do we. And so it becomes really hard at the end of the shift sometimes to come up with uh, really meaningful coaching. That being said, if everything's going really well and there really aren't a lot of coaching points for the day, I often will leave the appreciative feedback to the end of the shift because that, for me, is a lot easier to come up with off the cuff. Yeah. So, um, But I try to make a point to do one of them on each and every shift. And the more I've done it, the better I've gotten. It's definitely right. taken some effort. So I would say this is like any skill set when you Good. first do it. You'll be like, wow, I could have done that better. Yeah. That's okay, but you got to kind of flex that muscle and work it out a little bit and, and get it um, going on. I would also say that even though we advocate for a timely feedback, there are going to be days and times when that just isn't going to happen. Possible. Right. Um, and therefore, I think that we sometimes send emails or have coffee with the residents or shoot them a text or shoot them, you know, give them a phone call. I think that that is totally appropriate yeah, to do sure. as well. Um, I think that that gives you a chance to kind of decompress from your clinical shift and really be thoughtful about it. And I think I would encourage you to do that too, because once you've started to think in this manner, it'll become easier to do it in the moment on shift. So any other major comments about appreciative and coaching types of feedback? No, I mean, I don't think so. Again, I think just having sort of a a mindset that you're going to you know, when, when, when working with residents, understand that, you know, that a lot of them just don't have sort of the clinical context. And so anything that you can give them is helpful and beneficial so long as it is structured and appropriate and, you know, that you have some action items there. So. Yeah, I would agree. I would say, you know, we're going to beat this like a dead horse. Mm-hmm. Timely, specific, mm-hmm. actionable. Um, keep it in the appreciative and coaching realm and just start trying it. And I think the more we try it, the better our learners and our residents are going to be for it. And if everybody that we are talking to right now just went out tomorrow and tried to do this in a clinical shift, that would be eons ahead of where we are right now. It has to be intentional on our part, but it's also not hard. I think we make feedback into this big thing that it definitely does not have to be. So, This is a short one today. It's not very long, but hopefully we look forward to your comments and questions about this and want to know where maybe we weren't the clearest and where we could explain things in more detail or a little bit improved. So 
Thanks a lot, John, for coming in. Oh, thanks, Jenna. It was fun, as always. Sure.